Wait, what? So this happened. I'm Rachel Vallesnor, and this is the podcast Hell is Not the End, although it feels like just the beginning sometimes. Is anything really the end, though? This podcast is meant to explore the limitless possibilities of one's own soul. Why do people do bad things? Why are there countless happenings beyond understanding? Why, when we are cautioned not to do something, do we just do it anyway? The definition of curiosity, a strong desire to know or learn something. There you have it. I will curiously explore why. Hell is not the end. What does it mean to be one of the most prolific serial killers in history? Prolific means being highly productive or performing at a great frequency. So does that mean not only are you a successful serial killer, have a great mind, or just simply good at what you do? Or is it all of the above? Harold Frederick Shipman was born on January 14, 1946 on Bestwood Council Estate, Nottinghamshire, England. He was the middle child of Frederick and Vera Shipman. His working class parents were devout Methodists. Harold was a very talented rugby player when he was young. Harold did well in school, passing his class without problems. He was super close to his mother, who died of lung cancer when he was just 17 years old. Her death came in a manner of what would later be Harold's modus operandi, like someone's manner of work habits. In the late stages of her disease, she was administered morphine. In spite of her terminal situation, she had obvious comfort in the morphine that she was administered. Vera dies on June 21, 1963. On November 5, 1966, Harold marries Primrose May Oxtaby. They will go on They will go on to have four children. Harold will go on to study medicine at Leeds School of Medicine, University of Leeds in West Yorkshire, England. Graduated in 1970. In 1974, he begins working in Pontrefact General Infirmary at Pontrefact West Riding of Yorkshire and would take his first position as a general practitioner at the Abraham Amarad Medical Center in Todd Morden. In 1975, Harold was caught forging prescriptions of pethidine, also known as Demerol, for his own use. He was fired and briefly attended a drug rehabilitation clinic. He then became a general practitioner at the Donnybrook Medical Center in Hyde, near Manchester, in 1977. Harold continued his work as a general practitioner in Hyde through the 1980s and, the, and through the start of the 1990s. He establishes his own surgery in 1993, earning him a respectful place in the community. In 1988, another doctor in Hyde would express concerns to the coroner about the high death rate of Harold's patients. The high number of cremation forms for elderly women that Harold needed countersigned was a giant red flag. The police were unable to find enough significant evidence for any charges, and so the investigation was closed. Inexperience would later be blamed for the lack of evidence. After the police closed the investigation, Harold killed three more people. Someone who suspected Harold had murdered as many as 21 elderly patients who seemed to be in good health stepped forward. He was a taxi driver who had dropped off these patients. When realizing they had died under Harold's care, he told the police of his suspicions. 
Harold's last victim was found dead at her home on June 24, 1988. He was the last person to see her alive and had signed her death certificate. He stated her cause of death was old age. The victim's lawyer was informed that her will may not be authentic. The will excluded her entire family, but left a large sum of money to Harold. Hmm. At the request of the victim's family, her body is exhumed for further examination. Her body had traces of diamorphine, heroin, often used in terminal cancer patients for pain control. When questioned, Harold claimed the victim had been an addict and had medical documents stating so. Upon examination of these medical records, it was obvious the records had been created after her death and not before. Harold is arrested on September 7, 1998, after they found he owned a typewriter, the same one used to make the victim's less-than-authentic will. The police decided to investigate other deaths that had been certified by Harold. There was an obvious pattern. He would administer diamorphine, heroin, to patients and sign their death certificates. He would falsify medical records to claim the patients were in poor health to justify the administered drugs that caused their inevitable deaths. Harold's trial would begin on October 5, 1999. His charge would be for murdering 15 women by injecting them with lethal dose of diamorphine, heroin between 1995 and 1998. His attorney would try to have the forged will and the victim separated from the other charges as to deflect motive. This would be unsuccessful. On January 31st, 2000, after six days of deliberation, the jury finds Harold guilty of 15 counts of murder and one count of forgery. He would be sentenced to life imprisonment for all 15 murders with the recommendation to never be released, his 15 life sentences to be served concurrently, and four years for the forgery. On February 11th, 10 days after his conviction, Harold's name is removed from the medical record of the General Medical Council, no longer being allowed to do any medical work ever. Yeah, that sounds right. Although many additional charges could have been brought against Harold, a fair hearing was not in the cards due to the high-profile public attention. And since he was already serving 15 life sentences in the four years for forgery, further litigation of charges became unnecessary. Harold would always claim his innocence, disputing any scientific evidence against him. He would never make any public statements about his actions. Primrose would always speak out against her husband's innocence even after his conviction. Harold is the only doctor in the history of British medicine found guilty of murdering his patients. In 1957, a general practitioner was charged with murdering a patient. He was rumored to have killed even more patients than just one. He was acquitted of this murder. On January 13, 2004, Harold hangs himself in prison the day before he would turn 58. It would be stated that he hanged himself from the window bars of his cell using his bedsheets. What a coward. Of course all the victims' families felt cheated. Suicide ultimately means no answers. There were charges made in medical procedures known as the... Yeah, sorry. There were charges made in medical procedures now known as the Shipman Effect. 
It would monitor the over-medication of patients, but may have led to under-prescribing patients as well. The way death certificates were handled would be re-examined with questions of death being a possible suspicious death. Doctors working alone without backup would be discouraged as there was no room for safeguarding. Enter the Conspiracy Corner. There seems to be a flaw that existed not only in the British medical system, but the legal system as well. Since the murdering doctor in 1957 was acquitted, it left an excuse not to examine what was wrong with the medical community in general. Was this alleged murdering doctor the inspiration for Harold's murderous behavior? And why did so many other doctors countersign the death certificates while stating misconduct? What does that even mean? Not once when observed for administering too much diamorphine, heroin, was he ever reported? My hope is that no one has to live in fear, ever. As always, I will never give up and read the signs. Especially thanks to all the reading materials I could get my hands on, internet mostly, thanks to wikipedia.org. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Rachel Vallis-Nor, and this is the podcast, Hell is Not the End. <laughs>